Welcome, I'm Bree. And I'm Natasha. On Beyond the Marley, we bring you exclusive interviews with some of the biggest names in the dance team world. Each episode features an engaging conversation with top professionals who share tips and tricks for success and powerful stories that will leave you feeling inspired. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just getting started in the dance team world, Beyond the Marley podcast has something for you. Today we have Jackie Consiglio. Jackie Consiglio is the picturesque example of what it means to be a national champion. She has multiple national titles as a dancer in D1A collegiate divisions, multiple national titles as a coach, and multiple national titles as a choreographer. Even as a choreographer, her national titles span across multiple different divisions and styles, making her probably the most diverse national champion I know. She currently coaches UNLV Palm, UNLV Rebel Girls and Company, and Coronado Cougarettes, all programs who are well known for their success on and off the national stage. Aside from her dance and choreography career, Jackie is a wife and mom of two adorable, amazing, incredible children, Ellie and Rome. She refers to herself as the cool mom and the wife of the party. I always refer her refer to her as the Pinterest perfect mom with her adorably dressed kids and stunning balloon arches at every event. Jackie is kind, ambitious, funny, definitely the life of the party, and I'm honored to be able to call her a great friend. We're so excited to have her on today, and we're so excited to dig into the champion mind that is Jackie. Welcome, Jackie. Thank you guys so much for having me, and thank you, Brie, for that amazing <laughs> intro. <laughs> Hey, I didn't say anything that wasn't true. No, I appreciate it. Not exaggerated at all. Give yourself some credit. I had to, so Jackie wrote her own intro and then I read it and it was just too humble and did not encapsulate the true Jackie. And so I had to not spice it up a little, but give you the credit where credit is deserved. Like I said, nothing I said wasn't true. Mm. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. Thank you. And my balloon arches are a hit, so yeah, always. Expect to see one in the near future. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get started. We always like to start with our first question, and it's one from a book that I read called um, John Wooden on Leadership. He, John Wooden, was the legendary coach for UCLA and has a fabulous book. And he, in that book, he quoted Walt Disney, there is no education like adversity. And Brie and I feel that everyone has a story and everyone has a journey that has led them to today. And so with that, our first question is, we know all the incredible successes that you've had, and we want to know what has been your biggest struggle to get to where you are today? Wow. That's a great first question. We dig deep right away. Trying to think of all these answers, but I, I think the biggest one was, um, I don't know, I, I think just coming, growing up from kind of where I grew up was the biggest part of adversity that I think I had to deal with. I think outside of the dance world, you know, I didn't grow up in the dance world like many I didn't start dancing when I was three and continued into college. I, I kind of grew up in, in a weird family of just all of that. And I think the adversity of showing up, even when I didn't feel like I was worthy, was something that I think 
helped me along the way. Um, like I said, I didn't grow up dancing. I didn't have studio training. I didn't have this acro training, but I was determined to make sure that that didn't hold me back in a lot of the things that I did as far as like dance wise. You were in middle school when you started dancing, right? So tell us more of that journey. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was so funny. And I always give my sister credit for this because when I was in the sixth grade, my sister, I have a a sister, an older sister who's 20 months older than me. So we were always super close growing up and slightly competitive because I'm not saying I'm slightly competitive, but a little. (laughs) Um, And I had like always kind of done sports like football or jump rope club or soccer or volleyball, kind of like all these different things besides dance. Um, And my sister told me in, she was in the seventh grade. I was in the sixth grade when we went to a brand new middle school that had just opened up and they had a dance team. And she's like, I'm going to try out for dance. And at the time I was thinking of trying out for cheer or something besides dance. And when she told me she was going to try out for dance, I said, well, I'm going to try out too. And then I ended up making it and she didn't. (laughs) And so, which really crushed her. But the long story short, I always give credit to her because she's kind of the one that started that whole dance journey for me. And so I just did dance in middle school and it was just like a, a cute little club team after school. Um, but it sparked a lot of the interest that I had in that dance world. And I had kind of done like musical things, singing, acting when I was younger, um, but not really ever in that dance world until until it was yeah in that like middle school era. And we had a feeder school that fed into the high school um, that I ended up going to. And I had this role model at the time who taught us and she was on Foothills dance team. And then she ended up being a rebel girl. And I like really just she was a huge inspiration for me at the time. So I wanted to do exactly what she did. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make sure these steps are taken to do this. Um, Yeah. And that's kind of the journey. I ended up going to LVA my freshman year, which is a magnet school in Vegas that um, is kind of geared around the arts, acting, singing, instruments, dance, all that kind of art um, program. And didn't really like it. I think it was because it was a big reality check for me of like, I don't have ballet training. <laughs> we did so much ballet. I mean, I think I did eight hours of ballet in one day. And I said to myself, this isn't it. But I am grateful for this <laughs> because I met three there and had a great oh. time. It just like, I was so overwhelmed. I mean, I was like, well, who is Horton? modern what's that I think he misses furniture like I don't know anything about these styles of dance but I was I'm I look back and I'm so thankful that I even had those because it did it 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 opened up even a bigger dance world besides this like little dance team of like you do fight song and then you do like a cute little hip-hop timeout and it was fun but I was like, I want to dance in college. What's going to get me there? I'm going to go to a competitive high school team that competes nationally. And hopefully that Mm -hmm. works out for me. So that's awesome. Thank you for your vulnerability too. the saying, like, I think our listeners and anyone listening to this will relate to that of not having feeling worthy or that good enough for, um, for the dance world, especially now when you see the level of training, but it's inspiring to know like you can 
you didn't maybe have the journey of starting at three, starting in a studio, but you still can have the experience and you can still be successful. And, you know, back when I was dancing, things are a lot different now as far as college dance or competitive dance. I mean, things are crazy. The things that these kids are doing, the talents they have. So, I mean, I I always think about, would I have made this college team today if I didn't ha- try out back in 2010 or whenever it was, 2011? Um, and in my brain, I'm thinking, for sure, because I would have pushed myself. But, man, I don't know. The levels are so high with these college teams now and it's incredible to see the transition of where dance has gone in the last decade so props yeah look at you and all these hip-hop this year speaking of speaking of (laughs) i can't wait to ask you this question (laughs) how in the hell did you clean the shaking part of unlv's hip-hop this year like shake (laughs) and for someone that's not watching the video (laughs) just like looking like you're like maybe seizing but like what is the count for that and how did you clean that so that's my question right now (laughs) you know and and I just have to say like we at UNLV have an amazing coaching staff there's there's four or five of us um our head coach, who's been there forever, she coached me, actually, and she's still there wow. kicking ass. I don't know if I could say that, but she is like a boss. I mean, this, she has seven kids, she has other jobs, and she's still just like a boss ass, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I don't know if I can no say one. that, but um, she's awesome. She's still there coaching and she's done that forever. So she just knows like what to do and how to clean this stuff. But also our other associate head coach, she's now in her seventh or eighth year head coaching as well. And she's like, you just get into a flow when you're cleaning. Of, And you know what? I'm going to attest a lot of it to the dancers because it's really them out there. And as you can clean as much as you can clean, but until you have dancers who can really apply and dance. I mean, these kids dance. They have swag. They got drip. They got moves. And it was one of those things where at that point also, sorry, I'm like going off on a tangent, but I I have to say you get to a point where you just allow your dancers, like you give them the count, you drill it. But at the end of the day, it's really them that puts that texture in it. And that was Mm -hmm. one of those things where you wanted the flavor of the texture to kind of come out, you know, like you, you, if we would have been like everybody drop and you got to hit five and six. And I think it would have looked a lot different as opposed to just saying everybody hit five and push Mm -hmm. down into the ground. And we have people we call out, you know, watch this person, watch this person, do it like them. And you just, you continue to do it and let them feel how they feel. And I feel like that's kind of how a lot of, a lot of those moments came together um, just repetition, repetition, repetition. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have like a favorite like method that you like to personally use in coaching, whether it's with UNLV or with Briette Coronado? Um, yes, I am big on just detail cleaning. And I think that's mm-hmm. because I, when I was dancing, I know that was something that was heavily, heavily um, influenced with what how we became good. 
And so I utilize that now of just making sure like, where are you on what count? Where is your shoulder placement? I mean, I'm talking details as far as do you have an open hand? Like, are you showing a thumb or are you not showing a thumb? Um, Mm. Because eventually you hopefully get to a point where now these kids have done this for so long that it's kind of embedded into their body and you don't have to nitpick those little things. But I think until you get to that point, and I, I will say, I've gotten better at this because I've grown in my patience uh, side just from having kids. They teach you a lot about that. So I do. I feel like I have enough patience to kind of slow down, take it step by step, go back to the basics of, mm-hmm. you know, technique, movement quality. Where are you cleaning at? And that's kind of where I like to get and um, really nitpicky on stuff because not everybody's going to look the same perfectly they're not robots, right? You're not training robots to dance out there. But I think as most as you can get them to look the same and dance the same, then Mm -hmm. that's kind of where that success starts to happen um, for cleaning. Yeah. Yeah. And UNLV always is so clean and the texture is always fire. Everything they do is amazing. What would you say? I feel like every year after college nationals, the trolls hit social media. (laughs) What would you say to those trolls on social media who maybe um, were smack-talking you and all of you are saying they didn't deserve to win or they're not as good as people say? How do you handle that as a coach of a top team? Because I feel like all top teams, all teams have to handle that. Yeah. Um, You know what? I... (laughs) I... And I need to, sometimes I have to take a step back and take a breather because part of me is so defensive for these dancers because we know how hard they work. And so you want to be able to defend them. But at the end of the day, the title kind of defends for itself. Um, I think when you're dancing in a sport or I'm sorry. Yeah. Just like when you're performing in a sport that is so subjective as dance is, you're always going to have people who don't have the same opinion. And that's just the dance world in general. You know, it's not football. It's not based off points and touchdowns and and that sort of thing. It's based off of opinions about what people like and what people don't like. And, uh, you know, as hard as it is to deal with the trolls, I mean, it's just life training at that point. Like, you're always going to have people who don't like you. You're always going to have people who say bad things about you. And a lot of it doesn't fall on you. A lot of it is just those people dealing with whatever they're dealing with or thinking, you know, a lot of the troll comments come from people who've never danced, too. So you just kind of have to take one of those. I always say the loudest boos come from the cheapest seats. And it's true. You know, it's like these people have no idea what these athletes go through um, day in and day out, the mental struggles, the physical struggles that they do to be able to even compete at the level that they're competing against with all of these big dog teams, you know, and, and you also, you know, at the end of the day, like you have wins and you have losses. So, and sometimes it's your year and sometimes it's your, it's not your year. But I think if you, if you allow those negative trolls to, really get in your mind that's when failure starts to happen and so it's easier said than done but I just say you know the results speak for themselves and if people don't like you it is what it is you're always gonna not have people but you probably have more people who do appreciate what you do and like you than you don't Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So. That's, you quoted Brene Brown there with the, uh, the loudest booze come from the cheapest seats. Love that. Yep. And like, I love her. It, yeah. Brene Brown for the win there. And I think too, it's remembering that those, those people aren't your inner voice. It can't become your inner voice about yourself. And you have to, that is why mental training of athletes, like how does that translate into your coaching and to the athletes that you're training? Um, how do they handle that? And do you guys have conversations about it? And what training do you do mentally to help them also um, make sure that they're not taking on that um, that inner voice? Yeah, um, I read a lot of books just about um, mental training or just self-development books. Um, and I think that's something that's been really big for me as an athlete too, was the mental side of it, especially in dance. It's, it's 90% mental and 10% physical. Like if we're being honest, you know, you're not out there lifting weights for 10 hours a day. You're watching yourself in a mirror next to 20 other people for eight hours a day. And so all you're staring at is yourself in comparison to these other people. And so I think the biggest thing is, is knowing your worth and where does that come from? Um, that's a big thing that I like to always touch on and determining, you know, what, what you're motivated by is a big thing. I think I like to pull out of athletes because you're going to have people who are motivated by the dream, right? Which is obtaining a first place trophy or having all these memories with their team or getting a ring or you know, having their name called somewhere and other athletes are going to be motivated by this nightmare of, I can't let this person beat me. Um, you know, I don't want to do these burpees after I don't hit this full out if it's not good. I don't want to run the extra mile if I don't make my time. So you kind of have to decipher, you know, what athlete you're working with. And I think <laughs> there they are. <laughs> Yeah, I knew I was like, you know, this is going too well. Something's going to happen. And it's normally my kids. <laughs> no, it's fine. For our listeners, Jackie is a mom of two. And that's one of our questions we were going to get to is how do you manage all the the coaching and the life and two kids? And this is it right here. <laughs> And you know what I will say to that is I just have a lot of help and thank goodness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I can't even yes. take the credit at this point because I just have like my husband is amazing. The other coaches I coach with are amazing. The people who support us are amazing. Our family that we have, you know, it's just like it does. It takes a tribe and I got yeah. a good tribe. <laughs> You're living yes. the dream. I remember um, – back when you were working at the nightclub and you said, you know, I just want to be a mom and I want to coach. Yeah. And now you're exactly there. And it makes me just so proud of you and proud to call you my friend that you said, this is what I want to do. And you made it happen. And now you have the two dream jobs. You're a mom and you're a coach and you're a choreographer doing all the things and, but just really living your best life and what you want to do. Oh. And that's very admirable. Thank you. It's not as glamorous sometimes as it feels, but at the end of the day, I do. I can't, like, I cannot complain about the lifestyle that I have. And 
it's so flexible and the kids are amazing and I get to just like not only am I growing and raising humans but I get to impact other humans and they're also like extra kids which is I think just growing up I the biggest thing that I wanted to do was impact you know at the end of the day you can have all these things and make all this money but what impact in the what legacy are you leaving in this world and I know the impact my coaches and my parents had on me growing up. And so you always want to take something like that and put it into athletes or kids um, because you are, you're such a role model and they're so impressionable at that age, man. I mean, I remember the things I went through in high school and I just thank goodness for the coaches and the coach that I had in high school and college leading me, you know, kind of overseeing the maze that I was in and telling me to go left, go right, go left, go right. Um, yeah, but. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely that for your athletes, for your kids, you were that guiding voice for them. I can think of so many examples of even just when like a girl will be like, oh yeah, look, this is my new boyfriend. And you're like, nah, <laughs> no, mm-mm, I, no. <laughs> you, you wish moments. the best, but you're like, sister, I hate, I hate to break it to you, but. That angle last. <laughs> <laughs> and only because, only because you've been there and you've kind of gone through something yeah. like that. That's why you know. And you know what? If it does, God cool. bless. But most of the time, those high school relationships or even things, you see things, you're like, no, sister. <laughs> red flag. All red flags. Honey, everything about that right there is a red flag. <laughs> Run. <laughs> But they're just kids and they don't know and you have to, you can guide them all you want and you just have to love and support them. And <laughs> um, Let's stick, we have non-UNLV questions for you, but we had a couple UNLV questions left actually. Um, we wanted to ask, so UNLV has all these different spirit programs. This was something Tasha and I were talking about and she's like, there's Palm too and there's Rebel Girls and there's that. What are the different programs at UNLV and what would if one of our listeners wants to be a part of UNLV what should they do how do they join Rebel Girls how do they join POM um yeah so we are one of the universities that's fortunate enough to kind of um open up to everybody every type of person who wants to be involved in a spirit program which is awesome uh it definitely can get confusing just to uh the normal person who doesn't really know the teams but we have four spirit programs at UNLV. UNLV Palm um, is a non-competitive spirit program that dances for and cheers at men's um, football. They do women's basketball. Our Lady Rebels are amazing. I mean, I wish these female athletes got way more noise in their arena than they do and um, because they are kicking butt right now. But they cheer at, at Lady Rebels basketball. They do our hockey club team, which I think these girls love hockey more than anything else because the games <laughs> are so fun and they get to be super interactive. They're rowdy. They do cool things. So they do UNLV hockey and then they also do just appearances across campus with student involvement. Um, but there's Palm, and then we have UNLV Rebel, Rebel Girls and Company, who is our competitive team. They compete nationally. They do appearances. I mean, they do so much within the community, too, of just 
Pro Bowl stuff now that we have Allegiant here and um, other football events and just like events locally. I mean, if you want to have some cute college girls at your event for your birthday party, I mean, they will be there. Um, they do events for schools like with little kids. They'll do appearances there. Um they're just big role models within the community, but they do so much. And not only that, they're full-time students. I mean, they cheer at football, they cheer at basketball, they cheer at other sporting events. This team does it all. I mean, they have no breaks. It's not like they're just a competitive team um, that just does nationals. They do everything for the school. Um, and then we have UNLV Cheer, who is our cheer program, and they're competitive nationally. They always do amazing. They've won game day multiple years in a row. Um, and then we have our Scarlet Dance Line program, which is kind of separate from UNLV Athletics. They actually work directly with our band and dance for the band and um, do those types of events. So wow. we kind of have There's like a-, a wide variety of spirit teams. So whatever you're interested in, like you have a good pick. Um, I would say UNLV Palm is where you go if you did comp- if you did cheer or dance competitive competitively in high school, or if you didn't, but you don't want to have maybe you have a major um, nursing architecture mm-hmm. things that take a lot of time in your degree, but you still want that game day experience. We have teams that are more geared towards that, um, mm-hmm. and then we do have those competitive teams who you know, you're giving a lot more time into those programs, but you get more in return as well. So, you, um, so if I wanted to, or a listener, not me personally, but if, if someone wanted to audition, um, do you guys have auditions? Do you, you recruit? Don't want to audition, um, I, I mean, I can. could come audition. I mean, put me up there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what, how is the process? Do you guys recruit? I know that different colleges do recruiting. Some do formal auditions. What does UNLV do? Um, we are in the process of kind of transitioning, but we still do open auditions. We still do open clinics. Uh, we do have kind of recruit weekends where we um, will reach out to different teams and, you know, tag as many people as possible. What's nice is we have a lot of out of town members on UNLV Rebel Girls and Company. And so we utilize a lot of our members and team uh, members to kind of push out what we want as far as recruiting. We don't recruit heavily at events. Um, I'm hoping we kind of transition into that because I know that's kind of where everything is going also, but Mm -hmm. I think, you know, as things get more competitive, things are harder for dancers. They kind of have to be recruited. They kind of have to go through a series of interviews and rounds to even make this team. Um, I know a lot of other collegiate programs don't have open auditions anymore, and we are one of the few that still do. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think it kind of helps us because, you know, if these kids kind of have to go through all this stuff and maybe they don't get the outcome they wanted, Um, but they still want to dance competitively, they can still dance for one of the best teams in the nation with an open audition. Jackie is also a choreographer. Um, She choreographed, how many routines did you do this year, Jackie? Oh my gosh, I don't even know off the top of my head, but it was close to 30. Wow. 30 routines. Do you have, I know you had some routines at NDTC, is that right? The dance team championship. At UDA High School Nationals, you had some at DTU, you have some at NDA coming up. Are there any routines that you choreographed this year that you're extra excited about? Um, yes. 
yeah, to, I think I always get excited for every team. Um, just the experience for the girls, depending on, you know, some programs I work with, some teams I work with are brand new to competition. So that's always exciting when it's kind of their first year and you kind of, it's a lot easier. You go in without expectations. Um, and you know, you just give these teams the best routine possible, um, with a goal, but I have some teams who, uh, have always been, you know, top five at these national competitions. So that's when uh, it gets a little more, it gets a little more cutthroat. Um, but I'm, I'm excited. It, I mean, just as much as college nationals is crazy, high school nationals is just as crazy. I mean, you know, it's getting more competitive, like I said, just through everything in dance team stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for, I have a couple teams, you know, one off the top of my head, Fruta in Colorado. I've been working with them. I think this is my fifth or sixth year with them. Um, and they've been on the come up for a long time. Uh, and nationally, they've always done really well. They just have amazing coaching staff too. And I'm super excited for them. Um, I have another team in Colorado who was my first year working with them, who's also just has a great coach who's competitive. Um, and I'm excited for them. Uh, obviously, Coronado is one of you know, those teams as well, who has three championships already. So you have a lot at stake when you have teams who've kind of won three years in a row. It's like, where do you go? You know, you kind of have to change your, your coaching philosophies a little bit. Um, you can't do the same thing every year, but you have to do the same thing every year, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but yeah. And then I have a couple all-star teams actually this year who, uh, got their bid to world so I'm excited to kind of be in the all-star realm with you Natasha I know that's kind of your world so Yay. um yeah so I'm, yeah. I'm pumped for them and these these teams are crazy good man they are on fire um and I'm I'm so pumped to be able to kind of watch this unfold the rest of the season Mm-hmm. Yeah, you work with some some good top teams, even like in the all-star world, Brio, Brio Brookfield, they're incredible, they're heading to Worlds, I'm sure, and then yeah. you have Coronado, you have Johnson, who you've choreographed two routines that they've won national titles for, yeah. um, it's just incredible, the the level that you get teams to get to, you know what I mean, it's not like I feel like, at least from my perspective of watching you grow over the years, it's not like these national championship teams originally, right now maybe more so, come to you and then they're like, oh, bring us another national championship. No, you helped these teams get their first national title. Mm. You know, you helped Coronado get their first national title. You helped um, Johnson get their first national titles. You helped, you know, you take these teams and turn them into champions, which I think is the coolest part of what you do, that value that you bring is so much more than just choreography. Oh, well, thank you. I, <laughs> it's nice hearing it from somebody else. You know, when you take those quizzes, that's like, find your personality style. You almost have to ask your spouse or your friend. You're like, how am I with this? <laughs> you just see yourself so differently. Um, it's so funny you say that because it's like, I... I love doing choreography. I love coming up with concepts and themes and different visuals and, um, you know, just moments. And I think especially because I still enjoy dance myself. I mean, I am getting over that bridge where I wake up and it's everything hurts. So (laughs) there's not a lot of like hardcore dancing left in this body. But I think for the most part, it's still fun just being able to kind of do 
you know, a section of um, choreography for people and be like, ah, I know, like, when I work with high school teams, they make me feel really good. They are like, you're so good. (laughs) And then I go and I attend, you know, these college practices with these college dancers who are so much better than me. And I I do things to be cool. And they're like, stop, stop. (laughs) Not cool. (laughs) Well, I still think you're cool. I think you're the coolest. As a choreographer, Um, when someone's coming in, I ask, I love this question, like, what do you personally, what are your do's and don'ts as someone that's, I'm on the side where I'm hiring a choreographer and they come and stay at my house and we chill and I have the tradition now of chucking corn, Iowa tradition of um, having corn on the cob and uh, yeah, so when Brie came the first time and she was like, what's chucking corn? And I was like, well, here you go. Let's do it. So, um, I always like I to hear from chucking corn. Is you just like, are you peeling corn? <laughs> you guys, if you are from the Midwest or somewhere North where you chuck corn and you are listening to this, I am so sorry. I am from Las Vegas and we don't have corn. I will go places and I see cows on the side of the street and I'm like, a cow. And they're like, dude, you're just excited about seeing a cow. I'm like, we don't, I don't see that on the side of the road. <laughs> I see dirt. I see, I see rocks. I see cactus. A Joshua tree, maybe. But like, uh, I don't see <laughs> But anyway, so what are your do's and don'ts for like when you're being hired as a choreographer? What are things that you really like to see? Uh, the the studio owners or the coaches do and what are some things that make you cringe <laughs> oh gosh um, I'm going to get hammered for these for sure <laughs> I'm going to have teams that like maybe I've worked with before that don't don't will not ever reply I'm just kidding no um, <laughs> I will say I've had good experiences and bad experiences I think you know you just vibe different with certain teams you know whether they're kind of like teams you work with normally um a lot depends on how competitive they want to be too you know you'll see a big difference in gaps of work ethic with some teams um but I think big I think what really really makes my trip is when I get to form a relationship with these coaches I have um you know just kind of within even if it's a first time working with the team if a coach asks me if I want to go to dinner or, you know, kind of sit down or gives you good hospitality and really prioritizes you as a choreographer, I think that's when you find a good fit with somebody. Um, I've definitely worked with teams who just had to hire somebody because they didn't want to do it. Um, and you're kind of just a number. They'll probably hire a new choreographer next season. Um, and you don't get to find that relationship with them. Um, but I think that's a big one for me is, you know, them valuing you for their program and really, um, you know, emphasizing you as a choreographer, because a lot of it, uh, and you know, this has changed in mindset for me over the years as becoming a choreographer is you don't really give credit where credit is due because you're working, especially as a coach, right? Like you're working with these, with this team, with these athletes every single day for three months, four months, five months, getting them prepared for national season or competitive season or kind of whatever that looks like for you. Um, and the choreographer comes in for one weekend, right? And so 
your your emphasis and and how you are as a coach is completely different than a choreographer but I think a lot of the times we forget that these choreographers are the ones that made this routine um and so you know I think a big do for coaches just like I said transitioning this because I wasn't always like this as a coach either or somebody that kind of valued the choreographer a lot is you forget that without this choreography right you can have you can have the best the best coach in the world. You can have the best cleaning system. You can have the best coaching staff. You can have the best athletes. But if you don't have truly a good choreographer for your program, you're never going to get to the level that you want to be at. Um, and I've seen that. I mean, we've seen that with even, you know, collegiate dancers. As soon as the team gets a really good choreographer and kind of figures it out, they move up. Yeah, so mm. um, I think that especially is a big, a big thing that I've noticed just transitioning more into that choreography realm is, you know, allowing these coaches to kind of make sure that they keep their, their choreographer involved, you know, tagging them in those videos, um, thanking them for their time, their inspiration, their stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's definitely a big one. I think that I've noticed that helps. Yeah. I think as far as don'ts, like those are kind of self-spoken. <laughs> um, you would think. You would right, think. You think. Okay, so I would say like making sure that your choreographer is put up somewhere decent, right? Like, I mean, I've heard horror stories about people staying literally in the middle of nowhere in a box. Sketch. And you're like, am I in a scary movie? Like I am on, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know if this is going to work out for me. Um <laughs> Yeah. You can't go cheap. I mean, if you're going to do it, you got to do it. Make sure your choreographers are taken care of. That's talking like if even if you're not like right, your program, maybe you don't have the funds that you need to or you can't. Right. You got to kind of go inexpensive on some stuff, but make sure they have water. I mean, make sure you give them a break. Make sure you have snacks. Those are things where if I forget to bring a water bottle and a coach doesn't offer me a water after doing four hours of choreo, I am like. Do you have a water fountain somewhere close? <laughs> yeah. Just remember that um, your choreographers are people. Like, that's a thing. Like, yeah. I remember I got to a team once, and I got there. I said, hey, just landed, and, and she didn't have, like, anyone to pick me up. She's like, oh, well, let me just wait, and I'll find someone to pick you up. And I was like, I'm, okay, cool. I said, I can rent a car. She said, no, we don't want to pay for a car rental. There's a mall across the way. Can you just go there and hang out on the food court while I find someone to pick you up? And I was like... I can take an Uber. No, we don't want to pay for an Uber. Can you just like walk to the mall with all of your luggage out of an airport across the street and wait while I find someone to pick you up? And I was like, I'm going to get a rental car. I'm going to pay for it. And I'm not coming back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like your yeah. choreographers are people. They don't like, yeah, take care of them. Totally. And I've like, I, right. I mean, you just have those fair share stories where like I went somewhere for an entire week. I'm teaching eight routines. I'm working these 12 hour days. I mean, I'm 9 a.m. to 9 p.m eight routines in like six days. I, you know, and, uh, the owner of this program was like, you know, well, we can't provide you food. And so I'm like trying to order lunches. I'm spending all this money on breakfast and lunch and the hotel doesn't have breakfast. So now I'm like, (laughs) it's just like one of those things where it kind of, as a choreographer, like I was saying, if these coaches prioritize choreographers and really make sure that you know, they know that this person is investing into your team and potentially giving your team a winning routine. You want to take Mm -hmm. care of these people, 
right? You mm-hmm. don't want to think this is just another person that you have to bring in, you know, we're paying for you, so you need to treat us right now. It's, you know, it's not a transactional relationship at this point. It's going to be a friendship if we can make something work because, yes, you're paying money for this choreography, but I'm also giving you time away from family, my kids, right? So I want to have a good time just as much as your your team wants to have a good time, but we got to, we got to, it's like a relationship. We got to make this work. Yeah. Well, and just like basic human needs, like yeah. a, somewhere to stay where you feel safe and food and water. Like, is it that hard? <laughs> yeah. It's not hard. So I want to hear, uh, as we wrap up, you got Jackie, the coach, and you got Jackie, the choreographer, but let's hear about Jackie, the mom. And I know that you have some fun things in the works for the future about that. Yeah. Um, I'm a mom. <laughs> it's so funny. Like I'll go places. Um, and I, I feel like I have a good skin regimen. So I have a, you know, a younger kind of personality. I like to be cool. Mm-hmm. I, um, look a little bit younger too when I'm just like hanging out. Um, and so I'll go places, teams and I'm like, yeah, you guys like my kids. And they're like, you have kids. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I went to a high school one day with one of, I brought one of our um, UNLV dancers with me just to help me and assist me on a job. And this, this high schooler, I'm pretty sure she was like 14 or 15, but she had said something and I was like, I'm not going to do this trick. I'm going to let um, Bitsy do this trick. Cause I cannot with these old knees. She's like, yeah, me too. I said, girl, these old knees <laughs> got two kids. I've got two surgeries. She's like, you have kids. You have two kids at 20. I was like, <laughs> She's like sitting there thinking that I'm still in college, like I'm one of this girl's teammates. I'm like, oh, sister. I mean, I appreciate it. I do. Because I'm thinking like, I'm turning 30 this year. I don't feel 30. I don't want to feel 30. I have like a phobia of getting old. You know, you just hear about the horror stories. (laughs) And so I'm like, I'm hoping when I'm 40, I still look 30. You know, I want to be that cool mom. So, but oh my gosh, it's so funny. So I'll go places and I'm like, yeah, I have two kids. They're like, you have two kids. That's crazy. How there's no way you're old enough to have two kids. Um, but yeah, I have two little young, I have a three-year-old and a one and a half year old and they keep me on my toes. They are hilarious. I have an older daughter, Ellie and the younger son, Rome that we were just talking about earlier. Um, it's such a life. It's such a cool life. And I love the flexibility of what I do, getting to really raise my kids. Um, I think a lot of moms aren't fortunate enough to, you know, kind of work from home or have flexibility within their job to bring their kids with them. And I think that was, I, I know, Brie, you had touched on this when we talked about, you know, when I was working in the nightclub, backstory, I had worked in the nightclub um, before I kind of got into choreography and coaching Um it was kind of overlapping at that time, but it's just the Vegas industries. It's a way to make a lot of money really fast and not have to work a lot. Um, but I remember just thinking, you know, I got to get out of this industry. I, I'm a, I'm a, I want to be a mom. I'm a wife, you know, the thought of entertaining drunk people all night was just not, you know, I like to have a good time, but it got, it gets old after a while. And, um, a lot of these people get kind of sucked into that world. And so I wanted to really make sure that, 
I didn't. And I think I'm fortunate enough, like I said, not a lot of moms are to be able to bring your kids along with you to dance practice or have, you know, these kids that you coach for get to get to know your kids and build a relationship with them. And that's also been something that's been so cool um, within that realm. But yeah, they are crazy and sassy. okay but you have the cutest family literally I always say Pinterest perfect you have the handsome husband who does physical training and he's in ministry the cutest little kids ever Um, and you're starting a family YouTube channel right which also about time because for our listeners so when Jackie got engaged she created a her husband created a really cool engagement video and it went super viral on YouTube which then led to her wedding dance going viral and her wedding videos going viral. So I'm super excited to hear you're starting a family YouTube channel. Tell us more about that. Yeah, we just, um, just in the times of social media and kind of where things are headed in that direction, I think you can, um, you know, we want to, we want to be able to be in our kids' lives and work from home and not have to slave away at a nine to five job. Um, especially for my husband, you know, he works really hard hours long at work. And so, a goal we want is just to be able to live that life together. But we are starting a YouTube family series. Um, My husband uh, is a personal trainer part-time now, but used to be full-time. And of course, just having sports, he was also a baseball player in college. So we've had sports within, you know, our lives forever. And we talked about this earlier, but a lot of sports is mental health. Um, Not only the physical health, but mental health. And you'd be surprised at how many other Uh, moms and dads out there kind of did sports when they were younger and even if you didn't I think a lot of us struggle just in times like these in society today where there's not a lot of face-to-face communication everything is super um, technologically advanced so you know our world is changing as far as mental health goes and there's a lot of awareness around it now so we're building a channel um, we call it the Consiglio Clan. Um, And it's just like us and our family with, you know, uh, raising, parenting, um, raising kids kind of in the society, mental health, physical health, spiritual health. We're just really big within our church community and our faith community as well. Um, And so we, um, yeah, we're just kind of encompassing all of that into our little YouTube family series. We'll do videos with the kids, kind of getting them ready. I mean, you would be surprised at how many times I have Googled snacks to bring for toddlers on a plane (laughs) and I'm like why don't we do this like we live this life we might as well just document it for people and kind of write something on it and help other families because I remember struggling I'm like how do I balance this and how do I how do I get back into the gym and what do I work out when I'm postpartum or what can I do when I'm pregnant Mm. or um my husband went through a back surgery last year. And so it's like, you know, how to kind of recover from injuries as a parent or whatever, things to do with your kids if you want to work out. And um, Mm -hmm. that big like mental health of, uh, you know, as a parent feeling worthy, having patience, growing in those areas as a wife, as a husband, how do you serve your spouse? How do you serve your partner? Um, What's their love language? You know, things that you can always work on um, just foundationally for aspects of life. And so we're kind of encompassing all of that and starting that up and making little YouTube snippets and shorts. And hopefully, you know, it'll help. We're not, you know, trying to by any means blow up and go viral and do all this stuff, but we just want to be able to help people that we talk to, because I feel like we always get messages on Instagram about, um, you know, 
what do you do with your kids or how does this work or for your husband or all of these things. So we thought, you know, why don't we just answer this to the majority if this person's asking, yeah. maybe a few more are asking and mm-hmm. we want to have an impact just on community stuff as well if we can, whoever we can reach, as many people as we can reach. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And that's the Consiglio mm-hmm. clan on YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah. I love it. And then you're also starting a clothing line. Yes. So this is um, just like starting. It's kind of in the works right now. Um, But traveling and being a choreographer um, and, you know, just seeing all these dance things online, um, I wanted to make kind of like street style wear for dancers, but also just for moms on the go. Um, So just cute kind of baggy t-shirt kind of like that street style where I feel like it's very in right now that whole fashion but you know a lot of these dancers you walk in and you see them with those crew neck shirts or the hoodies or those big t-shirts and things that are comfortable for them um, as dancers or as athletes or as moms on the go or as dads on the go I have so many shirts that Anthony wears (laughs) Um, maybe they're shrunk in the waft and now I get to keep them you know how that works your husband's Mm -hmm. sweatshirts are now your sweatshirts. Um, But he, I mean, he even likes some of these dance shirts that I bought him sometimes too, like he'll wear them. Um, So yeah, definitely starting that. And it's a very, you know, kind of broad spectrum idea right now, but we're just slowly kind of working into it. Um, Just another way to have a brand out there and things for us to do passively. Um, Yeah. To kind of monetize and make, you know, what we need to do so we can have that family lifestyle, what we want of, raising our kids, traveling, living a great life, doing what we love, um, you know, not have to sacrificing it to be able to work. Like you said, that family time, that life. So what are, where is Jackie going to be in five years? Mm -hmm. What are your current goals? What, if you could even design your perfect life five years from now, what does that look like? I love this question. In five years, I just, I, I think... You know, we kind of want to grow our family a little bit more, maybe have another kid or two. Um, Who knows, though, because I will say before having two kids, I was like, we're going to have four, maybe five. And then we had our second and I was like, we are done. We're done. (laughs) Um, No, the second one throws you off, you know, and and then I heard the third one's even harder. So now I'm slightly Mm -hmm. worried (laughs) just for my sanity. Um. My poor husband, too, has to deal with my sanity. So that's why we're getting into YouTube series. Check it out if you're dealing with that. Um, But just kidding. Um, No, I think we just, we want to, you know, we are really into, like, kind of homeschooling or making sure that our Mm -hmm. kids get really good education. Um, Mm -hmm. Nevada, I will say, not so great in education. So we don't want to put them into that public school realm. We'd like to do private or chartered or homeschooling, but that obviously takes a lot of time, takes a lot of money. Um, but I think, you know, I love dance and I couldn't imagine my life without it. I think I've just have this passion for it. Um, and whether that looks like coaching, I'm not sure whether it just looks like doing choreography. Um, I know that I still want that. So in five years, I'm hoping that that'll elevate just a little bit. Um, and I can work with some of those big name schools that I've had my eye on for a little bit. Um, I'm not going to say who, just going to leave it a secret. Um, but yeah, or just like doing cool things with choreography, I think would be awesome. You know, being able to choreograph for a show or being asked to choreograph for 
a Pro Bowl halftime or somebody really awesome or being able to assist somebody on a really awesome choreography job. Um, that's definitely something that I have or and want in my near future. Um, and then, you know, besides being a mom, just doing the mom thing and having the kids be invested into something they love, whether that's dance. I always joke around. I'm like, if Ellie's not a dancer, we're going to have a problem. But <laughs> she loves, like, coming with me. And actually, Rome. He's a dancer. Rome does, too. He he gets jiggy with it sometimes. So he has his own, like, he loves that. Right. But, um, you know, my husband does ministry. So we're trying to work on eliminating as much away time as possible just to have family stuff. So I think that's kind of where... It's, it's going and it's headed in that direction. Definitely want, you know, our YouTube stuff to be up and running and um, clothing stuff and just have that good online base so we can do what we really want and enjoy. Um, yeah. I want to honor you, Jackie. You are awesome. You're, you're killing it in the dance team world. And I just couldn't think of a better person to have on our first official episode of Beyond the Marley. And I've really enjoyed just deep diving, hearing about UNLV and the person behind the amazing accomplishments that you've had, but they're also hearing about the struggles too. I think that everyone can resonate with. So we have a final question that we ask every guest and you've touched on it already a little bit. So it should be easy for you to answer. But our last question is, what do you want your legacy to be? Gosh, I feel like this is so easy to answer when you're not actually thinking about it. Um, <laughs> it's one of those trick questions that throws you off. You're like, oh, yeah. it's going to be an easy answer. I got this. Um, I think just a legacy overall, um, just the impact that you can have on athletes as they're growing up um, and your kids and your family, just making sure that what you do, my legacy of like, it was all worth it. You know, it was all for a purpose of being influential for these kids' lives to, to be able to unlock something within them that they're able to take that and unlock something within somebody else. So you're, you're like a grandfather key, if that makes sense. You know, like you were the starter of this that helped this person that helped this person that helped this person. Um, and you know, even within our family legacy, just having that too, you know, knowing great grandma, Jackie and Anthony and, um, cause you know, how many great grandparents do you really know? Not a lot, but also having that legacy for these teams and these athletes as they move on into life and being like, Oh, you, you did this for me and it was so impactful. I can't wait to do that for my kids or my athletes and stuff like that. Speaking of kids. Ah, there they are. Hi, family. <laughs> Hello. Ellie. <laughs> well, thank you, Jackie. This has been everything we hoped it would be and more. Yeah. Um, like I said in the beginning, you're fun, you're inspirational, you were the perfect first episode guest. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Marley Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Beyond the Marley and like and subscribe on YouTube at Bree Choreography for more dance team content.